Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain a leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm interviewing today Taylor Smith, who I met recently at an exponential event. Uh, He's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He's just completed a a residency and is in the process of starting a church. I mean, perhaps this is the the newest guy into a new church that we have interviewed so far in this podcast. So, hey, welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Hey, yes. Thank you for having me. So I want you to... um, unpack the, the the residency and how that worked i i've never done that we've discipled from within we never did a residency before but i, I want you to go back a little bit and and just you know how, how what sparked this desire to plant churches when did that happen how did the holy spirit speak to your heart and then we'll get into the other stuff kind of where it started was i met two church planners that came to winston-salem um, I sat down and had coffee with them. Uh, they were starting a church. Me and my wife were looking for a church. They invited us into it. And the very, very first conversation I had with them, um, they asked me what my desire was, like where I felt like God was calling me. Um, and I told them to pastor. I felt like God was calling me to pastor. Um, I had never heard the phrase church planning before. Um, and a lot of times when you say church planning, people to people that have never heard it before, you know, you kind of see the the question in their eyes of what is that? What does that even mean? And so that that's kind of where I was at when they first said that to me. Um, they said, have I, have I ever considered church planning? And I was like, well, I don't know what that is, but I'm willing to learn about it. And so over the past three or four years, I've been with that same church, uh, Redemption Hill Church, and they asked me to start a student ministry. Uh, they said that that's something that I felt called to. And I said, of course, I would love to do that. Um, so I've been doing that for the past three years. Um, and then this past year, uh, before the year started in 2021, they came to me and said, hey, we're thinking about doing a residency. Um, it's going to be a collaboration effort between all the a lot of different churches in our city. Um, and we're going to start it this year. Would you be interested? Um, and I said, of course, like that's, I'd heard a lot about church planning up to this point, And I was like, man, I would love to see what it would look like. Over the past year, we went through a assessment with Stadia and they gave us the green light to go ahead with some areas to grow in as far as me and my wife um, and the two other couples that were with us through the residency. And then throughout the year, we just, we did different things. So we had core competencies each month. Um, so one would be on family uh, for the month. We would go to that. Um, it'd be different pastors in our city teaching on these different areas, which was really cool. So it was kind of areas that they specialized in. Um, and then we also went through a organization called Cyprus um, and they are a disciple making organization. Um, so they have a different strategy for making disciples. Uh, so they talk about reaching the harvest, um, planning out of the harvest. Um, so really getting unbelievers involved in what you're doing and sharing the gospel with them as you're doing it. And then after that, we went to Exponential uh, just to kind of cap everything off, which was great. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the past year has looked like for us. So oh, the residency was a, like a full-time deal. Is that right? It was, but it was set up to where people with jobs could do it. Um, so I was, I'm working at a local credit union. Um, so I was able to work at the credit union, do student ministry and do the residency. 
Uh, so it was it was a challenging year, <laughs> but it was, yeah, uh, it yeah. was good. Those stress times in your life, like you've just gone through, I think are great preparation for, for ministry because one of the things mm. that, that we need is perseverance. Another is endurance. Uh, Paul talks yeah. a lot about that. You know, sometimes I, I think we could get further ahead. Uh, for one, if we just if we just got off the, it's all about me, the big thing, and all that. But just put our nose down yeah. and, and 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 go walk through the hard time. You're in the process now yeah. of planting. Are are you? So yeah, I, I'm assuming you're still working. At, you're yes. Still, are you still serving in the church? That the the, the I am. Yeah. And. Yes. Trying to reach your neighbor. So talk to us a yes. little bit about the balance that's going on. How you balance all this stuff? Because I think there's a lot of people right yeah. now that are they're moving into this co-vocational, bivocational space and, and they're just looking for other people to give them a little encouragement and some advice. So mm. just a little, you know, how do you so you're you're managing church job, secular job, if you can call it that, a new church, and you got a family. Uh so talk to yes. us a little bit about balance. And how you achieve that, and then then let's get into the you know what you're doing in the neighborhood that you're in. So balance is definitely a word that I've been talking to my wife a lot about, and it's been it's not been easy. Um, I feel like at times, you know, just to be transparent, at times it feels like all the plates are up and spinning, um, but I'm just having to let a couple fall, um, and then I pick up another couple of plates and let them spin. Um, and so I haven't been the best at balancing um, just to start off with. Um, but there have been some awesome opportunities to pass things on. Um, so for the student ministry, um, there's the other leaders. We have about six leaders in the student ministry right now. Um, and I've been passing on a lot of things to them. Um, so that's been very, very, that's been very helpful. Um, and we're talking about transitioning over the summer um, out of student ministry. Um, so stepping out of that so we can focus more on the neighborhood um, and starting a new church. Um, so yeah, so getting rid of that, that, passing that on to other people that can take it farther than me and my wife have, um, and they can kind of lead it and t- take it in a new direction. Um, and so transitioning out of that, I'm um, the full-time job. Um, I've been challenged to start to see that as a gospel opportunity, because um, for a while, it was just go to work, grind, get through the day, and then at the end of the day, do whatever I got to do for student ministry or church planning or residency. Um, and so yeah, I was really just going to work and then going into autopilot, getting my job done, and then at the end of the day, going home. But um, I've been focusing more on being present at my job, um, getting to know my coworkers more, uh, which they're all believers, which makes work a great environment um, at the credit union. Um, so, yeah, so just kind of refocusing that, um, just seeing that as an opportunity, too, um, which has made work more enjoyable. Um, so I don't see it as much of a task going to work. Um, but actually have fun and enjoy it. Um, so that hasn't been such a big burden. Um, and then church planning, um, we're in the very early stages. So it hasn't been a huge burden as far as we're putting together a vision packet um, just to kind of share with people what we're doing. Um, so a big thing we're doing with that is trying to put it into a story format so we can share it with others better. We meet with the elders of the church. Um, we, I meet with them and we just talk through where we're at, what we're going through kind of like the highlights of what's happening in our lives, but also as we're working on vision packets, just talking about, hey, what's it look like? What What's some struggles that you're going through? Is there anything that we can help you with? Um, so it doesn't feel like such a heavy burden. I, I like the way you put it and also how you put it at Exponential, you know, kind of working a full-time job lets you not focus on all the things that really don't matter or, or the things that you can pass on. It helps you kind of prioritize you know working a full-time job has helped me to not focus on all of the other things but focus on what's here and now um so and here and now is building relationships with my neighbors 
there's several thoughts that come to my mind and a couple of these are little hobby horses with me but one one is that if you're working a full-time job money does not dominate you and mm -hmm. I, you know i started three churches in my life the first one i went through my life savings i we'd saved enough money to our down payment on a house and two and a half months that money was we actually closed the savings account dumped it in checking wrote the checks and oh, freaked wow. out and two week, two days later that was a monday that we I mean, it was a horrible day that Monday. And the Lord spoke to me and, and said Paul's words. I was reading King James in those days. Paul yeah, said, yeah. I've taught I've I've learned to abase and I've learned to abound. Abase means be poor, abound means have much. And the Lord spoke to me, my heart. I, I've taught you to abase. Now I'm going to teach you to abound. That was a Monday, and I was actually planning on quitting. And, and could I go live in my dad's basement a thousand miles away and get a job selling used cars? Because in those days, uh, the denomination I was a part of just didn't do Bible. So mm. two days later, money started raining on us. On a Wednesday, just boom, boom, boom. We got three checks from totally unrelated places. None of them like church support. The, the second church, when we moved to Hawaii, we had big funding, but we went through it real quickly. And uh, yeah. the church grew real quickly. We had a lot of overhead and it was killing us. And so money dominated. The third church, it was it was a, a bunch of people I already knew went up with us. Big, big startup group. And they were tithers. So we were, you know, no no problem. But that, that money monkey yeah. on your back is nasty. And what it does is it forces you to draw a crowd so you can make budget. So now you're stuck with, mm. I got to get all the disgruntled Christians from other churches together because they'll dump money in the offering. And doing it the way yeah. you're doing it, you can reach the neighbors, you can build relationships, you can go slow and go and, and, and slow and rich. And, and I think that's really, yeah. really, really healthy. But there's a couple of pieces of advice I want to give you. One is, as much as you can, try to reach out to single adults. Everybody that I talk to, not everybody, but a lot of people, most people, we're after young families. Well, the problem with young mm. families is they, they bring overhead, they bring children, and now you got to do something for, for kids. When we started, right. we, we decided, I was in Southern California, the first church, and to the south of us, about 40 miles, was the Crystal Cathedral. And to the north of mm. us was a church called Church on the Way, also about 40 miles. And they were both doing huge ministries with um, with students, young working adults, singles, all singles, and yeah. uh, nothing in between. So 80 miles, and there's nobody up, up and down Southern California doing much of anything with young singles. So we determined we're going to become the biggest singles group in that area of Southern California in a year. And, and we were, when there's yeah. 200 people in our church, 180 of them were single young adults. But here's what we discovered. Yeah. They don't bring children, so they didn't bring overhead. The second thing was every person who came had a job and they were a giving unit. And that helped us find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. But another little piece of advice that I, I want to throw at you is, as you're building a vision packet, at the same time, start just piling. I wrote a book about this. It's on Amazon, but how, how you can mm -hmm. use your book as a business card. Go go go. start to just, just scratch a bunch of notes. Start to put together stuff about who am I? Who's my wife? How do we meet? You know, how do we both come to Christ? How do we get into this? The story that you just told me. What What yeah. is our vision? What, what What is this church going to stand for? And what are we going to do? And go on Amazon. It's free. And make a paperback book out of it. Use the smallest format. And um, you you will find that no matter how 
pretty and glossy and whatever your vision packet. People are going to take a book more seriously than that. And the book costs you nothing to, you know, when I do a book uh, that I publish through Amazon, I, I'll spend $15 buying a photograph for the front cover. But the, wow. with the book, even if they don't read the book, it's, it says that this church has something of substance. And, uh, and, and yeah. the other thing, piece of advice is throw a bunch of pictures in there, especially if you got some goofy yeah. picture when you're in the seventh grade, toss that in there. Right. <laughs> and you can, and here's, here's the trick. Hey, turn to page 88. This is what I do in the book I wrote called Let Go of the Ring. Turn to page 88, yeah. and in there, there's a goofy, hippie-looking picture of me. And as soon as they yeah. see the picture, then they want to go through all the pictures, and then they read the book. Um, works very, very Yeah, good. that's good. And, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, and then what you do is you price it as cheap as you can, and you buy a bunch of them. Right. <laughs> so, you, you know, they cost you $2.5 a piece, and now you can give them away to every new person that you meet. and yeah thank you very seriously so go go us take us now into vision what what are you going to do what, what what are you up to yeah so we um we really have a heart to reach this neighborhood specifically um and so going into it is re reaching unbelievers with the gospel um is definitely what we feel called to so we don't want to build a big team um it's something that like we've talked about um, we have a few people interested in coming with us and joining us um, but we just started getting to know our neighbors. Um, so that's how we want to start is by getting to know our neighbors, uh, by getting to know um, the people that work and live in the community. Um, and so we desire to do that by starting a community out of our home. Um, so a small uh, church community um, where we're actively meeting once a week um, and in inviting other people into that. Um, especially as we build relationships. Um, we're having our first cookout this month um, where we're just going to have a big block party in our backyard, um, invite all of our neighbors in. Um, and so as we've been getting to know our neighbors, uh, so we know about, we have ha built a relationship with about three houses on our street, um, but we've met all the houses on our street, which is about 31 houses. Wow. Um, we went and took them a card with um, seeds for the spring um, and we met all the houses on our street. Um, but two or three of the families we've actually gotten to know pretty well. Um, but there's definitely some racial tension. Um, there's some, so the people on our street are from all around the world. Um, we have a family from South Africa. Um, we have a family from Puerto Rico, a family from Mexico. Um, we have a man who is Muslim. Um, we have um, an Asian family. I don't know exactly where they're from. Uh, they haven't told us yet, um, but we, but all over the place. And so there's definitely some racial tension um, hearing them talk. Um, there's definitely some perceptions um, from their few interactions they've had with each other. Um, and we're the first neighbors that they've said that have actually come to their house and knocked on the door and had a conversation with them. Um, so I think our biggest vision is just seeing unity through Jesus um, in those different homes. Um, as neighbors meet other neighbors, um, kind of give them common ground in Jesus because um, we know that that's the only one that can, Jesus is the only one that can unify in that way, um, coming from all different walks of life. Um, so that's really our big vision is just seeing unity in Jesus in that neighborhood. So as as you do this, not you, you knock on somebody's door. You never met them before. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Do you bring Jesus into that conversation, or is that just to get to know you conversation? Talk. talk, talk. Yeah. So it's just to get to know you conversation. Um, so we don't bring Jesus into that conversation unless it was an open door. Um, so there was an older couple in the neighborhood, um, and they are Christians, and so. The first time that we came to knock on the door, they knew something was up. And so they asked us about it. Um, they said, hey, like, y'all go to church anywhere? Um, so that was an easy conversation to kind of let them know, hey. And they were excited about what we were doing in the neighborhood. Um, and so they have a very traditional background. 
Um, and so they were, they were asking us, you know, what, where's our building at, where we're going to, where are we going to invite people to? And, um, they asked us if we, the, the man, he asked me when he could, he could help preach. And so, um, more traditional background. So that might be a challenge <laughs> in, uh, helping them see what we're doing. Um, but, um, no, so we haven't had any gospel conversations, uh, with those neighbors yet. Um, but we've been with the families we've had in our home. Um, so those that we've built relationships with, um, we've been able to insert how God's, um, changed our life in different ways. Um, and one was just the purchase of the house, the house that we got. And so we were able to share that story with them. So we're sharing God's stories with them, um, but we haven't shared the gospel with them yet. I think that's a, that's crucial. I, I think 40 years ago, you could knock on somebody's door and start talking to them about the gospel and they would actually engage you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in a different world, especially a multi-ethnic, yeah. multi, multicultural world. But yeah. I, but I also think that that it's super wisdom in what you said about sharing God's stories when it's appropriate. Yeah. You know, when 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 a when a God story from my life or a God story from the Word somehow fits their story, their their yeah. new their their complaint, their what maybe something that they're happy about that they're bragging about. That's exciting. Mm. Really? Yeah. And it was it was really exciting because um, our neighbor who does proclaim to be Muslim and he hasn't shared that with us yet. But his name, na- the next door neighbors to him are the older Christian couple. Um, and that's the first thing they said to us is they were like, hey, like, just so you know, he's a Muslim. Like, you know, so he might not want to talk to you. Um, but we just went over and talked to him and didn't bring up God or Jesus. Um, and he invited me to come hang out this weekend. I don't know kind of how their relation, how their conversation went, um, but our conversation with him led to another conversation. Um, so really trying to open doors and not have our, the doors shut right away. That's wonderfully cool. I think that the cookout in your backyard is super. The next step would be to get somebody else to host the cookout in their backyard because then the neighbors start. Yes. Yeah, we're a neighborhood. Tell me a little bit about where you think this is going to be two years from now, and then where you think it'll be five years from now. So, really, what we're praying about two years from now is that people have come to faith and they're making disciples. Kind of to give some structure to that, because you know, there's no no growth without structure. Um, so, kind of give some structure to that. Um, we really do. We want to form a church. Um, so, we want to start as a missional community out of our home, um, where we're making disciples, kind of like a house church. But we're, I think we're going to call them missional communities going after the mindset of just um, we want anybody to be able to lead one. Uh, so we don't want to restrict it by doing house churches. Um, so we want to start a house church in our home. Hopefully in a couple of years, there'll be five, 10 house or missional communities. And then we'll be gathering together on Sundays to worship together. Um, but life will happen in the missional communities. And then we're looking at starting other churches out of those missional communities. When you kind of come in, what would be considered the side door, but you make it the front door, is the missional communities and, and face-to-face disciple making. And then Sunday is almost like an afterthought. And Sunday, yes, you know, I, I, if you're an immigrant, group you may be meeting in a church building that's owned by somebody that uses it on sunday so your sunday morning is tuesday night that whole cultural american sunday deal which has turned into a big event you got to be a great event planner to do what most churches do right but going the way you're going sunday is an appendage to to the main frame and i think that's wonderful because it takes the pressure off of you of having to do a big attractional program and compete with the guys down the road and all that that's that's really really right i love it yeah 
we heard a lot of that at Exponential. So I think that's a lot of where everybody's headed um, is Sunday. Like people, the reason there's so much lack of excitement on Sunday mornings in a lot of churches, um, or maybe it has to be produced, like you're saying, is because the people that are coming on Sunday morning have no motivation throughout the week to come on Sunday morning. So they don't, they're not experiencing life change or they're not experiencing what God's done in their week or people coming to faith because they've had them in their home. Um, but when that starts happening, Sunday morning is so exciting and you're there to worship. Um, that's all you're there to do is just worship together. Is there anything you'd just like to say? You know, you want other people who are, you know, thinking about it and not where you're at yet, or, or they're, they've been where you're at and they're discouraged and, they, and, it, and it's not going as yeah. well as they wish it would go. You know, what would you, what would you say to encourage others? While there's seasons of, you know, kind of doubt and frustration, um, God always brings encouragement on the other side of that um, as, you know, just remaining faithful. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, I came, came back from Exponential, sat down with the pastors and I was like, hey, like, you know, I really don't want to go. I really want to stay in my job and I want to focus on starting small um, and growing out. Um, and so we just had to have that hard conversation of I don't plan on doing a ton of fundraising and making that a focus right now. So that was a really hard conversation. And we're still working through that. Just be encouraged that those conversations can be hard, but I think something great is going to come out of it. Is there any way that anyone could contact you if they have questions about what you said? Yeah. Um, so my email is taylorwsmith14 at gmail.com. taylorwsmith14 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you, Ralph. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.